0: This is Yusai, welcome to Let's Talk, a place for open conversations. Chef, author, restaurateur, TV host, and motivational speaker, Carla Hall rise to fame in the 5th and 8th seasons of Bravo's Top Chef. Competing for two seasons is a true tribute to her tenacity. Like her podcast, Say Yes. Carla is an upbeat, burst of positive energy and her celebration of American soul food is where her passion lies. Her refreshing take on life makes our conversation an incredible joy. Thank you for
1: the invitation. I'm so honored.
0: Well, thank you for putting so many smiles and positive energy into the universe that we so desperately need. And I thought it was so important to have this talk because I've been bench watching you on Crazy Delicious. Yay! Because now you're not just a chef, you are a food god. I'm, I'm a food god. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to dive into that. So for those of you guys who just joined me, my guest today is Carla Hall, and you might know her from her journey to Top Chef, but did you know her? She was a model on the runway in Paris. I want to talk about that. Let's talk about the beginning of your journey.
1: All right. So, well, the beginning of my journey, really, I wanted to be, and this—the reason I'm bringing it up way, way from the way, way back—is because people will understand me. I actually wanted to be an actor, and then I ended up doing accounting. So that was crazy. And, and that's when I fell into food, when I was in Paris and London modeling. And, and it was really that connection to community and missing home that got me cooking.
0: Oh, wow. Well, you're from Tennessee. Yeah. So you're a southern girl, for home is where the heart is always. And, yes. and it, it makes total sense. That food is in your DNA, that no matter where you go on the runway, all the way to accounting office, and then back. To where you belong, soul—the soul food. Let's talk about that journey with us a little bit, because a lot of people start a career in such a different path, like myself, who started in biology, who ended up being a photographer, a director, and now doing this thing. <laughs> Let's talk. So we all have these different journeys. I think doing this yeah. crazy time, sharing those stories, really inspire other people to whether it's pivoting or having a new growth beginning all over again. And and I want you to take us through that.
1: Um, so when I was in Paris and this woman, Elaine, was having her version of Sunday suppers and all the models would go to her house, and it made me realize, actually not until much later, that it reminded me of my granny's Sunday suppers. So they were making greens and they were finding like like kale. In Paris, we were doing buffalo wings, and when I say we, it's the royal wings. I wasn't doing anything; I was not cooking. And <laughs> macaroni and cheese. And I remember the girls standing around and talking about their mom's recipe. Well, my mom does it like this. Well, my mom does it like that. And I was, and I was like, wait a minute, I have no idea. I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I didn't know. I love to eat. I, I was just coming in like to eat and I was like, I have no idea how the food is made in my family. And so I started picking up cookbooks and I started cooking more. I started asking my grandmother more questions uh, because people assume because you're a chef that you were cooking and interested in food from an early age and that was not me. So at this point, I am 24 years old. I am asking questions about food and, and that became the way that I started connecting. And then food, coming back home and starting a lunch delivery service as a complete fluke, was really about me making food for people in my family. like, oh, you guys, I cook now. I mean, so who <laughs> Hey, I cook. Because people were remembering when I was making a tomato soup and I would grab three cans of tomato paste Okay, for those of you who don't, who don't cook, that's not good. For those of
0: you who cook a lot, like, <laughs> but you were actually cooking as a model, so we can completely yeah. understand. Because guys out there, a lot of my fans are models out there, and then you know because I work in the fashion industry, and we know how difficult it's to travel. But what's been amazing the last five, six years because of social media, we we'll begin to be more aware of what we put into our body, and models yes. out there. Begin to do that, so you will way ahead of your time when you realize that all this traveling, we need to make sure we make soul food a little bit healthier because you know that's a misconception, right? Because I know when
1: want- absolutely a misconception at one hundred percent, one hundred percent, you. And the thing is, when people think of soul food, they think of the celebration dishes. So because the food that we have presented in from the Black community, the food that has been presented. In restaurants, are all of those celebration dishes, because when were you going out to eat? You were going out to eat when you were celebrating. So it's the right. southern pork chops, the oxtails, the um, like the, the the gravy and and candied yams and macaroni and cheese. So when I tell people, "Oh, what do you have for Thanksgiving? What do you have for Christmas?" I have that food, but I don't eat that every day. And people don't know the other side of soul food, just like. People
0: don't know the other. Maybe they don't know the other side of Italian food. Do Italians eat meatballs and lasagna every day? No. <laughs> and, and, and I love that because because you, you're right because we think about soap And it has a lot to do with television education, right? Because in t- on television, as you are a host of the Chew, and I know when you were on that show, you really started changing people's perceptions. Because before that. When we think, turn on the channel of Food Network or what other food channel there may be out there. When you think we're gonna watch this for men or men cooking soul food, that means gonna be someone who put lots of butter, lots of cream, oh, let's not forget the sugar. Yeah. And, and we truly believe that's okay because also we attach the word soul to yeah. food. But so what an amazing period the last six years that food has become such an educational process that heals from the soul. So that soul food is no longer just the ingredients. It's about the spiritual the heart. journey and the heart. And, the, and thank you for saying that. You finished my thought because that's what I see in you. I've been watching you for so long. And I when I saw you first time hit the television on, on Top Chef, I'm like, she must have been a model. She's too gorgeous. What is she doing? And I stop wanted it, to stop know. It, stop <laughs> it, stop it, stop <laughs> it. Stop Look more. at those lanky arms and body. And what I remember the most, was one of your very first interview you said, wow, everybody here is top chefs. They belong here. I'm a caterer. But I'm gonna prove to everybody that I can't be here. And boy, did you do that. Let's talk about that. How did you get the guts and the strength to say I'm gonna stand among all these men? Because back then, season five was still very male-dominated society. Oh, let's just let's talk about that. It has evolved. 100%. Thank you very much, Pamela. Thank you very much, Tom Caricchio and and Gail Simmons. Those guys. I, I celebrate people with world and with the 17th season, 18 season, maybe, uh, but all stars included. We have seen that growth. We've seen a celebration of the black chef, black women, LGBT community, actually winning Melissa winning as a gate yes. open woman. Yes. It's huge, huge. So you started that journey on that show. So talk about that.
1: Um, So it was tough because I think one of the things that people didn't realize, I was 44 when I did Top Chef, right? So I'm 56 now. I was 44. And I'm looking at all of these young chefs who worked in prestigious restaurants, right? And I also felt being discounted, like, felt like, oh, she's not a threat, right? I mean, and and even though people don't say it,
0: you feel it, Uh Right? We can see it in their eyes. The television don't lie.
1: <laughs> I, I, so everything that you saw in their eyes, I felt big time. Okay, And I, I wanted to do better. And I didn't know if I was going to go home. And I got to the point where one time I said, you know what? When you're on the top, you get feedback. When you're on the bottom, you get feedback. But when you're in the middle, you don't get anything. And when people play it safe, and this, this is what I was thinking at the time, when people play it safe, they don't get feedback. Mm. And so, and that's the truth in life, right? So I remember thinking, I I don't care if I'm on the top or the bottom, but I want to get feedback. But I was also afraid, uh, I went into this show being afraid of, judgment and rejection like the universe puts me on the show when that is my biggest fear to be judged and to be able to stand in front of those judges and pick apart what you have done and you're running around and you're exhausted and you feel so raw and exposed that that's something too so i remember when um i thought i was going home it was restaurant wars, and I, I just did terribly. I mixed up um, the, the oven was too hot. I was doing a dessert. I had mixed up the peppermint extract with the vanilla extract. And i meant to use vanilla. I put in peppermint. I mean, the, the cake was just terrible. And it was between me and Radhika to go home. And I remember standing there and I was so scared. I mean, I was just like, and then you, I kid you not, something hit me where I was like, nobody has ever died at the judge's table. And I know that sounds really crazy. And I know that sounds, you know, like, like okay, overly dramatic, but then I was like, nobody has died here. What is the worst? What, what are people's biggest fears? Especially babies, loud noises, falling death, right? I was like, I mean, come on, Carl, let's put this in perspective. And that is a forty-four-year-old speaking.
0: So, so you know what's funny? Being someone who set a judging table for a lot of model shows, it is our job to make you feel like you're going to die. Right,
1: <laughs> right. You all do that very well, very well. Um, so I was like, I went from
0: like this, like. But it's incredible because that journey takes so much strength and realization. Especially at that moment Being someone who's been on the other side of the table Watching model competitions, seeing competitions All different competitions, I've been a judge Makeup competitions, and we see that And it's funny that you said this Because I'll give you guys a little tea Is that when we decide who's going to go home On these competition shows Yes, we have an idea of who it's going to be But what you do at the last five seconds Before we announce that name Can change everything And that has to do with the attitude of the person standing there Did they give up? Right. Think they don't deserve to be there because they think right. so. bye but when you exactly fight, when you exactly fight, and that's what you did you, you stood there and perhaps you were supposed to go home but your strength from your eyes convinced the judges that you should stay and boy do I we mean, love that you stay
1: when you and i'm going to turn this way when you go from
0: this mm. Mm. to this mm. And if you're going to make a mistake, if you're going to go through life with mistakes, own it with your chest held high and take a deep breath because, no, in this situation, you weren't going to die. In fact, you were right. going to make a mark on this television show. And did you know at that time it was going to be the spark of this now, amazing career? I, know
1: I had no idea, but I do know after that, my, stu- my food started getting better because... I was no longer cooking to stay. I was cooking to be myself, you know? And there's a, there's a huge difference. You know, so, it's incredible. The all of
0: these shows, Isn't it interesting that top chef of all different show, you and I have both been on. There's something about top chef. I like to call it top chef university. it's that, <laughs> that a graduate school program. And if you can make it through the first time you're on there, you can go to PhD program the yes. second time. And yes. you really took that university seriously because you went through season five and you went through all that and we're like wow and I remember when you came back in season eight you own soul food and you weren't afraid to say I'm gonna cook for my soul that was a huge thing because people didn't think you knew what that was you left that show people think she's done she didn't achieve the goal that she wanted this way the editing kind of perceived that you were not and celebrated the way you should have been. And what an amazing gumption that you have and the spirit that you have, that you came back and boy, did you come back with with blazing guns and you were like challenging my camera every time you had opportunity and you made sure everybody stood around, you know, that you are a threat. I love that about you so much. Yeah,
1: and, and I mean, and it was, I went back with a perspective. Um, I went back and I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go back with a plan. So the first time, it was just a whim. I'm like, okay, I'm on the show. And the second time, it was let me show people who I am. Let me not be afraid to show my food. And and that's what I did. I mean, are you going to have hiccups? Yes. But the other thing is I would rather get kicked off for being myself Mm -hmm. rather than to get kicked off for being who I think the judges want me to be.
0: I'm going to ask you this before I forget, and it's poignant for the time that we're going through. As a woman of color, did you feel like you have more to prove the second time around?
1: I tried to not think about that, but I would be lying if I said that I didn't think about that. Um, I think that there was a point in time, and I don't know if people remember this from season 8, when we had a cook at the... um, the US Open. And we were cooking at the US Open and we had to we were there's a team, but we had to get together to make a dish that was fit for an athlete, right? And I had suggested a groundnut stew. And I remember them saying groundnut stew, that's not fancy. I mean it was it was so it was like they were they were doing all of their food and then I mean I felt like this big, right? And I said no, and I almost changed it. I was like, "Oh wow, yeah, that's not fancy. I don't know, but that—that's what I feel like doing." And so, so often you second guess yourself. And I ended up doing the groundnut stew during my prep. I cut my finger, and that's when I had to go. And I had my, my hand up like this, and. Um, And it was Tony Tony Masuano, who was the guest judge. And I remember standing there in front of the judges. Oh, and then, so Mike Isabella was the captain of the team. And so he was deciding who would go up against who, right? And I'm just standing there. And they never called me. They were like, they were trying to go and trying to ask people to, to go. And they're like, all right, we were up a couple people. And then, then... It was like, oh, I guess Carla has to go. You know, like no faith in me. I guess I guess it'll have to be Carla. And I went up there, and the first judge, who was one, who was a um, a tennis player, I can't remember his name. He went for Trey, and I was like, oh. you know, it felt it felt so guttural. I was like, oh. And then the next judge said, um, I think it was Gail. She was like. I really like Carla's soup. I picked Carla. Yes. And then, um, and then Tom went. He picked me. And then the next judge said, "Oh, Carla, your soup is spicy." And I'm just like, "But I like spice." And I was like, "Yes!" Ah!" Y'all, I was like, "Ah!" "And I'm gonna tell you, I was so excited because." Trey's fish was overcooked and I was literally in the moment and I was Mm -hmm. so excited. And I was like, yes, in your face, Yes, (laughs) Uh, uh," right. And then I'm walking back with the people. And some I heard somebody say, good thing Trey overcooked his fish.
0: They just wouldn't give you the credit that you deserve. They just did not want to give it to you. Jeez.
1: So to hear that you go high first, you're low. Mm. Then you go high and then that's that sucker punch. And it was during that I said, I have to be my own cheerleader. I have to be my own cheerleader. You can't expect to get the affirmation out here. It is, I mean, and I know it happens to everybody. Even on social media, you know, a hundred people will say something great. One person will say something bad, and you obsess over that thing. who, Who is that person? And so I'm saying to all of you all, When that troll comes or whoever it is, you know what? Just say, you know, look at, look at all these other people. Or what you say is honestly, it's not the top or the bottom. It just is. And that just is, is how you feel about yourself. Because if you need positive affirmation to do what you need to do, then you really aren't there yet. So you need to really dig deep and feel how you're supposed to be. And and I, I, I honestly thank Top Chef I became comfortable with being with the uncomfortable and and that's how I live my life and and
0: we see it now and we see it then and and at the time that you were on season A I was already doing television as well and I can tell you at that time I looked at you and I go she's
1: crazy as me I love her
0: (laughs) cause I'm like boom 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 I'm 300 and And that's how you
1: you really are and it's just and then it's people gonna say why are you so crazy why are you so this
0: you're like well wait and then you try to hide your life there i don't know if that ever happened oh yes you 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 just bought what you just bought up oh my gosh so i just recently shot this sports illustrated um cover shoot with all the beautiful gorgeous women all the different inclusions of color size and age all inclusive thank you so much you belong in there girl Wait, in a in a baby suit? Oh yes. my God. <laughs> have you seen 55 years old? You know, she killed Kathy, she killed it. But what I was gonna say is that when you said about people saying to you, your energy doesn't it needs to calm down. So my entire life, that's all I heard from my mom, from my teachers, from everyone, calm down, shut up, be quiet, stop asking questions. And and my journey with Sports has been 12 years. And I remember my very first time shooting for them. I was so excited because of my bucket list. We went to Turkey. And we, I got to be there because I wanted to make a uh, photographer really love my work. And we worked together before she recommended me. And also MJ Day, who's the editor in chief now. Was, back then, she was assistant editor and she was really a fan of my work. I showed up and there was a makeup artist on set. By looking at me, she just decided from the moment she met me, she's going to hate me. She decided that she was going to destroy me on this trip. Every time when nobody's watching, she was the biggest bully that you'll ever meet. She literally be like, why are you wearing knee pads? Why do you need knee pads? I go because I'm coming up and down to she was what you afraid to get hurt. And if the music's on, I'm dancing. She'd be like, "Ugh, why are you doing that? And she literally, and I, I, I didn't never share this story with others publicly, but because what we're going through now, I've made a, a, a commitment to myself to keep people accountable by sharing both sides of the story. She would literally tell the models to walk alone and scream out loud and say, why don't you sign help me walk down this mountain just to make me look bad. That's the hatred this woman had on me. I cried in my cave because we were staying in a cave in Cappadocia in Turkey. I called my agent and said, give me home. Nothing on my bucket list deserves for me to be back when I was five years old, seven years old, 12 years old and being beat up by another minority, by the way, by another minority, instead of celebrating, instead of inclusion. And I get it. Maybe back then she didn't know what that word means, but I hope she's listening today because the impact on us, of people of color, of any tent, it goes deep. It goes deep. 10 years later, I got covered with, with K. Upton. Now I have another four covers with, with social I celebrate that with MJ day because as an editor in chief, she understood that she celebrated me. So those passing on the past, but it does root us deeply. However, people like you who take this experience, I get to watch and turn it into incredible positive and motivate other people. It's what this is all about. Now it truly yeah, is what, this is all what? About.
1: I really lean into being comfortable with the uncomfortable if somebody says something to me on social media, I will honestly read it. I stop and I'm like, D- how do I feel about this? Mm-hmm. Is this coming to touch me? Mm-hmm. And if it is, there's a kernel of truth or lesson in that thing. So I'm like, okay, all right, where, where do I find myself? And I will work on myself. I won't get defensive. I won't go at it with them, but I'm like, okay. And, and try um, example. So, um, I've been doing my resets. So, ten minutes every day, and and the way that started you, and that's where you found
0: me. No pun intended. Um, I was a troll, you guys. So, guys out there, so everybody who don't know, let's talk is literally produced, created by a small team of people. Me, my left hand and right hand, and my two assistant who does my sound check and also editing for YouTube. And there's no agents. There's nobody booking the talent. I became the troll. <laughs> and yeah. I, but I do it kindly. I go online and say, please no, check your DM.
1: Absolutely. DMs. And you know what? I didn't even, I didn't even
0: hand your name over to my people.
1: I'm like, I want to do this. I'm going to do it. We were texting, we were we d- DMing, and then we started texting back and forth. Um, so I was doing my recess, and, and somebody was like, why, A- another black woman, why do you choose to ignore what's going on? And um, and so I was like, huh. And I had to ask myself, first of all, I'm like, I, I can't not be black, right? I, you, you know. And the other thing was that if I don't put something or what I'm doing on social media, does that mean that it's not happening? Absolutely not. And so there's so much of what I do that's very private that mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have I don't need a confirmation from people out there to tell me that I'm doing enough. So I, that was, so I, of course, responded to the troll. So, (laughs) um, but but then I, I had to ask myself, okay, um, what am I doing? And I know that recess started because there was so, there was the George Floyd Mm -hmm. incident. There were all of the protests and, I felt so heavy, and and I talked about how I had been arrested once and handcuffed. I was in a suit, and it was a scary thing. And so I felt this profound sadness that was happening to me. And I I was like, What is happening? Whenever I told that story, I would often tell the story uh, as if I was witnessing it, not that it Mm -hmm. happened to me. And so I was doing an interview, and all of a sudden, I'm telling the story, and I am shaking where I'm, the feelings are just being uncovered. And, and people, what they don't realize, and just like when you were being bullied, if you had allowed that to be stuffed down, and understanding why, because you have to get on with doing your job. So when people are like, you know, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? You you stuff so much, especially as a person of color, just to be able to get up and do your job, where everybody else can just waltz in, and then, you know, and somebody is telling your story, oh my God, I can't believe this happened to me. I just, I just can't work today. And you're listening to that story. And you're like, um, that happened to me about 200 times and I had to get up and do my
0: job. And not only get up and do your job, culturally, we just shut up and we pretend it doesn't happen and we don't keep them accountable. Therefore, we're not keeping us honest and accountable. We're learning through this process. But what I love about recess is this. It is okay to celebrate because for those who are sick, for many of us who are protecting ourselves to be healthy, celebrate that. And uh, you're giving me chills because when I started, let's talk. I got same feedback from people like, "Why are you talking to models about what their favorite hair and makeup is?" Like "Because those are the things that are making a spectrum of people excited. Everybody has a different place to be, and through this yeah. journey, you know what I found, Carla." I found that people who cook who people who provide as a first to the first responders have touched my heart. Like none other, you know, I have a television show in in the realm of travel and cooking show in Asia, but I never could find myself here in the United States that way. Cause I compartmentalize myself. I'm a judge for top model in us. I'm a TV personality and I'm a, a celebrity photographer. Done. I never bridged the two, but it wasn't until through this time, I realized all the local community around us needed support. And I found out how many minority people are in the kitchen marginalized, but they keep their mouth shut with their heads down and cook yeah. for everyone. I, 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 it became speechless for me. And that's why I reached out to you. I started reaching out to chefs and I'll tell you this as many celebrities, I have photographed and you guys see my work out there and you know, yeah. the responses, from the food people, or people who cook for me, or cook for others, those are the people who respond to my DM, and those are people, and says quickly says, yes, I will be there for you, I will celebrate with you, I'll cry with you. But it's okay, because I know everybody's going through this time different, at a different rate, and as a show I develop and grow, I got attention with somebody like you who I totally respect, and that means so much to me. And then at the same time, I had the opportunity to interview Lisa Ling, who's my hero, who, ah, yes. who, who's, Who said one thing to me, don't forget to continue to celebrate your color, who you are as Asian American. And that way you'll learn more about the black history and the community they go through. And together, solidarity will help. And from that day forward, I make sure that the spectrums of guests are people of color, people who have been marginalized, and people of my color and my culture, and begin to be okay to talk about these things. It's okay. And it's also okay like today to just celebrate recess, celebrate mental health. Yeah. Sort of, and, yes. and, and also, you know, learn from the journey. What I love about you, Carla, another thing I, I love so many things about you. If I was there with you, I'd be hugging you and squeezing you. Because so much about you that you are so transparent. There were trial and tribulations without the restaurant you were opening, and the mistake that you went through, you didn't hide. You didn't hide behind social media. You didn't, you unequivocally stood up and said, This is what I'm learning. And this is what's wrong, and this is what's right, and I hope you guys out there yes. learn from my mistake. Yes, and that's you what know we're what all it's doing. it's so funny that you
1: said that. I mean, I had to do it for myself, but there were so many chefs to this very day when I go to a restaurant and a chef will say, "I read that piece through Eater about the mistakes that you made about the restaurant, and thank you, thank you for being so honest, because they were like so often the reason." The layperson doesn't know how hard it is for a restaurant. Nobody talks about the failures of it. Mm. No. Nobody talks about that. They're like, what happened to this restaurant? You know? <laughs> and nobody comes back and says, you know what? This is what happened. But as as a person who has a platform, I really try to be so transparent and so authentic. And was it hurtful and painful and to lose money? And Absolutely. But I learned something, and I would do it the same way over again because I learned so much. And I also feel that okay, maybe I wasn't supposed to have a restaurant, but the thing, but what came out of it was owning my food, that I do my culture, and then I did a cookbook out of that, and then I mean all of this stuff, and I'm like, thank you. I'm so grateful. And if you, if you just become grateful for your mistakes, because people ask me, even now, they ask me, I'm not even going to straighten up my screen, y'all. This, this is it. But people ask me, uh, I'm going to go like this. <laughs> people ask me, do you miss the chew? And somebody asked me that on recess the other day. And I said, you know what? I learned so much on the chew in the first three years. It was a steep learning curve. And, and I loved it. I loved working with Michael Simon and Clinton Kelly. But I honestly, if I miss it, it means that I'm living in the past. Mm. I cherish it, but if I miss it, I'm living in the past. However, what I try to do is realize when it ended, I'm like, okay, universe, so this set me up for what? Mm. And I I said, when it ended, I'll know in a year why it ended, I have done more things. More a of mori- a variety of things in the last two years, and I was able to do on the two because of the two, and it, it was such a great experience.
0: Well, what an amazing platform, being among other notable chefs, and and, and the conversation you were having on the tube was all through different experiences and the failures and the tribulations, and 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 you're celebrating. The minority without screaming i'm a minority and that is right. so important you were paving the road for so many uh, people like me people who who have crazy energy and go oh it's okay to be yourself doesn't matter where you at like whether it's on the screen or on this or, or at a party you know and, and yeah i, I want to jump back into recess because that's what i like to accomplish yes. and to say a little bit because you are now not only a chef and not only an author, you are truly a motivational speaker, things that come down your mouth, that inspires people. And I love the fact that recess is not preachy. Recess is not like, here, let me teach you how to meditate. Okay, Gen Z meditation, guys, you guys have got to figure out what meditation means, because that's not meditation. You guys don't right. want to talk, <laughs> that's a, I'm off. You don't meditate on IG Live and go, mm, so everybody can see you. That is not meditation, but you know what's meditation? Recess time. <laughs> so tell me about recess. What, how, where, when did you decide that recess is a form of meditation and healing? And what do you want people to take it away with?
1: Um, I I wanted to do something just to get out of my head. I was sitting around the house, even though I was, there, I needed to move because I was just I was putting on I like a different kind of weight, right? And, and so I said, I want to do something every day. By the way, I won't put it on my calendar. I, I just allow it to happen. Because I'm a little bit of a rebel, as soon as I feel like I have to do it, I don't want to do it, right? I, I don't want to do it. And um, so I started doing recess to get out of my head. And I wanted to play. I won't call it exercise. I, I just, I think about a kid and how kids would go out and run around, and that's what I want to do. I have a jump rope, I have a hula hoop, I have a skip ball, I buy these crazy toys. And I'm trying to tell adults and kids, just go out and play or play with your kids, make them a game, but, but get out of your head, get out of your house and go do something. Just move and come back. And then it became this whole thing of shake your booty, change your moody. And that's why I like shake your booty, change your booty. Shake your booty, change your moody. And it really just became this fun thing and I'm being silly and everything, but I, I have to just go out there and shake it up. And, and then I interviewed somebody, it was Gretchen Rubin. And she said, happier people are better citizens because when you are happy, you're more apt to help somebody else. And that became this thing that I wanted to do because, and from what people have been saying, they're like, I look forward to this every day. I've been so, um, just in this funk and I was like, you know what? We can, we can get out of it together, but you have to get out of it authentically. You can't just go out there and just like, ah, I'm happy. No, because you know what? You know, somebody said to me, never let somebody see the end of your smile.
0: Hmm. I love that. I love that.
1: When you look at somebody and they're like, <laughs> So, and I, and I tell people, if you're not happy, be authentically not happy. Because then you, you can honor it, it moves out of your body, and then you can get to the other side of joy. You know, just go out there and play and dance and be silly. And truly, when people have been hula hooping and they're like, oh my God, that just changed my mood. It's a switch that absolutely happens. And so, that's why I do it every day. And I haven't done it today, so I'm going to do it after this. Well, um, yeah.
0: So guys, so you haven't joined Carla on her recess, they're, they're, they're incredibly fun. And I love the African dance day. That was amazing. Oh! I joined in, I was with you. I was there. In fact, it was then I DM'd you. I go, I got to talk to this girl. She's in the right zone for me to reach out to her. Then I also love the fact that you're not just doing recess. You, you're creating obstacle courses. You're really like thinking about it. And there are days, yeah. there are days that you normalize it a little bit and your little comments that today it's a tough day guys and i'm going through yeah. a tough day so i'm going to take a recess in a different way and that's what i mean by the transparency we're not on a soapbox that you turn on the television and they always go right exactly everything's
1: okay I mean, guys everything's okay. It's exactly that's so
0: true and that's what i love about what's going on now we all have the opportunity to really share the authenticities. One thing I love the most, I get to see so many chefs' kitchens. I get so excited when I see people do live in their own kitchen. I'm like, oh my god, that's how they do yes. something, you know? And and takes all that intimidation out of it because cooking, yes. for me, is still very intimidating. Baking for me, is forget it. I get so impatient. I would just keep. Oh, we have them. to make
1: biscuits. We have to make biscuits one day.
0: Seriously. Wow, you know, Soul Food Queen. We gotta do something that's very. Asian fusion soul food would be incredible because for you guys out there who are, are white, broccoli and beef and compound chicken is not Chinese soul food. Okay, right, right. <laughs> there are lots of other things that we we we, we create, but I, I I would love nothing more to share palette with you. Obviously. Where are you from? I'm from Taiwan. I'm originally okay, from Taiwan. Yes, my so, dad's from oh my Yeah, my dad's from northern China, my mom's from Taiwan, so I get the best of both cuisine and and if you're from the northern China, that means you love pasta like an Italian, right? We eat everything pasta, doughs and breads and buns and then and my mom's side, you know, she she taught me how to cook. All my aunties are named Sue, so I have five auntie Sues it's like su ling, su hui, su hua su. so they're all su so i always say oh, i love it so on my show i would say oh auntie sue taught me how to make this dish eventually the producer was like okay how many recipes does auntie Su have <laughs> <laughs> i go Well, there's oh five God. of them oh multiplied by about 100 each so i'm never going to run out of recipes because they're not my recipes they truly are passed down from generations from my mom's side and and my and it's, it's been an incredible experience to to love cooking and sharing cooking. And especially for me, is able to talk to someone like you and ask them questions. I went through two weeks, insanely crazy, just want to learn how to make a consomme. No yeah. joke. I just like, I don't know why. Okay, three years ago, I want to learn how to make um, macaroons. I would turn my air conditioning on so cold, so cool down the room and work for the butter. Just, I mean. When I like you said, you're uh, you're you know professional. When I decide yeah. to do something, I do it. Two months yeah. later, yeah. I will have to send you a picture of my macaroon. They look professional, beautiful, spot on. But then I got allergic to almond powder because I was making them every day. What? Because <laughs> I was so exposed to, I was like red rashes everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know what? I guess I'm done with that. Move on to the next thing. But I'm excited because through this journey meeting chefs like you and other chefs that have been on top top chef, they have been giving me tips and I'll post pictures of the food and they would text me and let me know. Like this is great, this is amazing. Because guys out there, a simple text these days saying you're doing a great job. Well, I love what you're doing. And not just a like button. Don't don't get lazy. The like button, we all know the double tap. You could be doing this and do it. But to take a little time to say, hey. Carla, your recess, even though I may not have got up on my couch, but I watch you and I'm smiling. It goes such a long way because when I see somebody like you, actually, you commented on a talk I did with me ling mei before yes, go, 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 go. the yes, I was like, what? She watched this? And she, oh my God, I have to reach out to her. I have to reach out to her. <laughs> yes, so that's I did. I,
1: I, I was like, oh, I did. And yeah,
0: absolutely, and she has been incredible spirit for me. I've been texting her about my food, and and, and, and I get I got in this mode now that I'm trying to get everybody to do take a picture of your dinner and just send it to a random friend of yours. It's kind of fun because you know people just start sharing meals digitally that way. Because yeah. I know not everybody's going to get get there to cook and then share recipes, but if you don't get to do that. Share what you're eating so they can be part I mean, of exactly. your life.
1: That's exactly right. That- before I um, before I came on I was actually cooking with my mom on the mm-hmm. phone, which we, we don't do and 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 she doesn't realize how she has influenced certain things that I make. Like, you know, so from a child I love meatloaf and so wow. now I, I and she doesn't eat beef anymore, so I, I called her and I said, Let's make chicken meatloaf balls, you know? And um but, but to your point, you talked about the buns. So because I love, I love trying to love those little little buns. Um, I decided to try to make my southern version mm. of the buns, but as a biscuit. And then I made, I made. Um, <laughs> you're cracking me up. I made sausage gravy, chilled it, and then put it inside a biscuit, like a bun. But that
0: was mine. But it, it all came from like that little bao bun. Wow. I love, I love that. We will have so much fun in the kitchen. And because you said that, I'm going to tell you this dish that I I did on my show. And I love this dish because when I set out to do this show about street food in Taiwan, because I really wanted people to know the culture. And it's about me going back home for the very first time yes. in 20-some years. So I'll send you the links so you can watch it. But this one episode Please. was about about innovations of young people actually taking over the street food culture and and changing them. So every episode was different than the other travel shows that I go back to the kitchen, I take what I've learned along my journey and I cook a meal inspired by them. And whether it's a twist or a modernized or put my Auntie Sue's twist to it, and I cook for them. And so I invite them into the kitchen. So of course, every, but Patricia's like, are you sure you want to cook on this show? I go, guys, Guys, I think yeah. so. okay, I'm gonna do this. So this particular episode, uh, we were eating in Thythone. And what's really popular there is called popcorn chicken that you get in the United States now. But oh, it's super spicy and it was done with with tapioca powder um, flour and done with sweet potato flour. So it's different than just using all purpose flour. That's good yes. And it's also the meat's marinated for twenty four hours, so it's not just like, you know, chicken tender. It's like done right. with thyme. But when you make that, people just usually eat it like a French fries. So I want to put a soul twist to it. So I want to see if you approve. I All love. Right, so you
1: know the first thing that comes up for me. This is how my brain works. So talking about your spice, um, I'm from Nashville, and what I would do, you marinate it. I would marinate it in pickle juice and spices, yeah, and there. then I would um, use the cornstarch, tapioca flour. You know, a little bit of flour, and then fry it. And then what I would do, because I am from Nashville and they have hot chicken, I would take my hot chicken oil, mix it with honey, and toss though that popcorn, uh, the fried popcorn strip,
0: and you almost there. You almost got me there. I wanted to make a version of a Chinese version of chicken and waffle. So I wanted to I served it in a waffle cone that's really crunchy and hard, that's been frozen, yes. so it's extra crunchy. Put in all the hot, spiciest as possible with cayenne pepper, with, a, with, with habanero powder. I mean, this thing's gonna be so spicy, you really cannot eat it without something to neutralize it. I top it with vanilla ice cream. But that's gets too sweet. Then I put bitter matcha powders on top. And you got to have a fried element, which is sweet basil and deep fried it so it's nice and crunchy and goes all over the top of it. So you know, you know, my mouth is watering talking about I'm it. My mouth is watering.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying right now? Shut your face!
0: <laughs> I want to taste your bun style and I want to make this dish for you. Because it's such an incredible journey through your mouth, right? The unami from the, to, to the all different layers of flavor that's been marinated and then You bite into this chicken that's so spicy, but you're like, wait, I can't handle it. Wait a minute, the ice cream's gonna come and help you. But you're like, wait, but with salt. No, it's not. Because the crunch from the waffle is gonna pick it right back up. And then you end with that little matcha bitter taste that neutralizes everything so you can do it again, again, and again, every bite. This dish, I try to convince my producer, you know what producers all say, like, are you sure this is gonna make sense? I'm like, let me just make one and you guys can see. It was the most requested food for the rest of the season.
1: <laughs> I, I'm sweating right now. I am, I mean, my mouth is watering. Um, let, me, let me just say this. <laughs> You're I'm making
0: sweating. me hungry with the bowels.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. So I just finished shooting how and championship. That's why I was in L.A. And we were doing our COVID test like every every few days, right? And we had to do the spit test. Sorry, if it's getting gross but I had to think of a dish because I, I need I need my mouth to salivate and I would think of a dish. I'm going to use this dish. Oh. I'm seriously going to use this dish, but
0: I have to, it sounds so gross. Use my COVID test. Oh my God, but Carter, will you make a southern car. version? Oh, please make a southern version with the honey. That sounds so good. I can't wait that we can actually taste each other's food and sit across the table because we have so many things we can celebrate about. Your energy is so infectious. I am Literally, I'm like, when am I getting Carla's (laughs) blue? Well, I I am so, so honored to have you on the show with me. I'm so honored to talk to you. And I'm so, so grateful to be able to watch you on the tube. Because as an immigrant, as a person of color, I do watch you and said, she can do it. We all can do it. And as a woman who can stand there and be equally as powerful as any man in the kitchen, I would celebrate that any day and every day. And we are seeing that meter move. We see it on Pop Chef, we see it on other shows. And I encourage Food Network to start doing the same and pay attention because others are moving in the right direction. Because it should not be a male-dominated station. Yeah. There's more than one standing. chef on that, on that station, right? <laughs> but I think we're all learning and I'm encouraging everybody to do so. And I'm excited to see what comes next because this movement, It's going to bring the best of of us to the surface. I really feel that way. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful to Carla for bringing me light today and sharing her passion for food and most importantly, recess. Thank you to all my listeners for your constant support. Please subscribe to this podcast for more open conversations. You can visit our website at letstalkwithusite.com and follow me on Instagram at usai ADA for updates. Let's Talk is a production of ADA Phases. I'm your host, USITE, art direction Luis Jaime, and writer, editor, and producer Trevor Swaringen.